When you come to repentance, you come by faith in Jesus Christ. You trust Jesus for your salvation. But when you talk to people about repentance, they don't really understand repentance. They think that just because you say, I'm sorry, you can come into the church and God's going to use your life. No, repentance makes you turn a 180 degree turn. You put your back to the world. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. It's good to have you with us today for our continuing focus on God's powerful, life-changing love. Today, Raul will challenge you to begin this new year with an honest look at your priorities. As we examine the Apostle Paul's example of obedient surrender, we'll learn to consider whether our lives truly honor the Lord and draw others to Him. In Acts chapter 20, verse 17, here's Raul Reese with the lesson, Paul's love for the church. Paul is now older. He's going to get ready to go to Rome. But Paul, the first thing he's going to do in there in Ephesus, he's going to summon the elders of the church at Ephesus. He's going to call the elders, those that are in the church, overlooking the church, overseeing the church. And what Paul will do is he will call them and he will deliver to them a beautiful address, which we're going to see this evening, a sermon, a sermon that they would have to learn, a sermon that they would have to pay attention to, because when Paul would leave, they're going to have to do what has been taught to them as elders. Paul not only gives his life to them, he never expects anything in return. I think that's awesome. Never looking for something to be returned to you when you love people. Loving people because Christ loved you and he continues to love you. And you are to love other people because you want them to go to heaven. But it's so sad when people don't love people. You stand back and you offend people. Paul never did that. Paul always was caring because he wanted people to go to heaven. And the first thing that we see here in the book of Acts chapter 20, in verses 70 to 21, we see Paul looking to the past. To the past, not to the present, but looking to the past. And this message is a unique message that is given to us. Paul not only addressing the Christians, addressing the eldership, but looking at himself and saying, you know what, this is the last time I'm going to see these people. Every one of us are going to have our last time. My last sermon, my last time with my wife, my last time with my children, my last time with my grandchildren. And when you come to that place in your life, you really don't know when it's going to happen. Paul knew that he was going to have to go to Rome. He knew he was going to go to Rome. We see, first of all, in verse 17, when he called these leaders, he says in verse 17. And then he says, from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called from the elders of the church. When you come to Ephesus, it's a pretty incredible place when you look at it. They have a beautiful theater. They would probably sit about 25,000 people. And Paul was coming because Paul not only listened to the voice of the Lord and the message God had given to him, 
but he was going to speak to the elders for the elders of the church. The word elder here refers to a mature person. And Paul the Apostle was a type of person. He was a real leader. He really fed off God's word. And whenever he preached to people, he would preach not in hypocrisy, but he would make himself an example an example of how he had come to know Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And by that example, that people could trust him because he trusted Christ in his life. Look what he says in verse 18. Here the leaders are meeting with Paul. He says, and when they had come to Paul, he said to them, you know that from the first day that I came to Asia, in what manner I always lived among you. Underline that. You guys know my life. And when they had come to him, he said to them, You know from the first day that I came to you in Asia Minor, in what manner I always lived among you. Notice being among them. How do you live your life among other people? How do they see you as a leader? How do they see you when you're going through a trial, through a temptation? Do they see you that you're really trusting in the Lord? Do they see you're really praying? You're standing back and asking God, Lord, help me not to give in to this temptation. But help me to overcome this temptation that I'm going through. Paul made himself an example, an example of Christ. Christ saved me. I accepted him as my Lord and Savior. And now when I meet with you guys, I want you guys to see that I behaved as a Christian, not as a non-Christian. He goes on to say in verse 19, notice the character of his ministry. Number one, serving the Lord with all humility. I like that. Humility was the first characteristic here Paul talks about. Great humility. Secondly, Many tears. You ever shed tears? For your family? For friends? For the church? For yourself? And then I shed tears, he says, because of the trials. Which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. The things that he went through, the Jews, they hated him. They wanted to kill him. And then he gives you the method of his ministry in verse 20. I love this. How I, Paul, kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and touched you publicly and from house to house, a well-rounded ministry. He kept, notice, nothing that was profitable. Nothing. Publicly, I taught you the word of God. Privately, I went from house to house, not only teaching the word of God, but praying for the weak, praying for the sick. And it's so awesome that when Paul speaks about these things, that he was not only one that did it, but that he would continue to do that even to the point when he was taken to Rome and was put to death by being beheaded. And then the message of his ministry, verse 21, testifying to the Jew and also to the Greek, the Gentile, repentance towards God and faith to our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, how that is so important. You know, there's no possible way that anybody can become a Christian unless there's true repentance. When you repent, you're not the same person again. You're not the same person again. 
When you come to repentance, you come by faith in Jesus Christ. You trust Jesus for your salvation. But when you talk to people about repentance, they don't really understand repentance. They think that just because you say, I'm sorry, you can come into the church and God's going to use your life. No, repentance makes you turn a 180 degree turn. You put your back to the world. You don't go back to the things that you were doing before you came to Christ. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man is in Christ Jesus, what happens? You have a new life. Your old life has passed away. Your new life now begins. You begin to read. You begin to pray. You begin to fellowship with other believers. And as you go to Bible study, you begin to not only become mature, Then you can have a Bible study. You can help other people, whatever it is. But faith is always required in the Christian life. Everything you do is by faith. You get up in the morning by faith. You get into your car, so the engine by faith. Everything's by faith. But imagine trusting the Lord Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior, that he's the only one that can wipe out all my sins. He casts them as far to the east to the west, and he buries them in the deepest part of the ocean, and he remembers them never, ever again. We're the ones that remember them. Saints are the one that makes you remember them. But I want to encourage you, if you really, truly have repented, then keep yourself away from sin so God can use your life. Ask God to give you that faith that we need, not only in trusting Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior, but having that assurance of salvation that has been given to me as a free gift, that it gives me the assurance of heaven, that I am going to be in heaven one day. And I can remember when I got saved and I received that salvation that God had given to me. I never, ever wanted to go any other way. I knew it, that God had touched my life. Paul the Apostle knew it. Paul the Apostle taught about trusting Christ for salvation. And then look what he says in verse 22 to 24. Paul is looking straight ahead of his life. Verse 22, And see now that I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there. You ever find yourself in that place where you're going somewhere you don't know what's going to happen? But because Paul had his confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ, he knew that the Lord was going to lead him. He knew that he could put his trust in Jesus Christ, and the Lord would open the door or would close the door, and God would bring him through all the things that he would have to do as a child of God. And see now, he says, I go bound in the Spirit, not in the flesh, Bound in the Holy Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there. Paul here uses that imaginer being chained and tied up like a prisoner. That's what he actually means by this. But in this instance, notice by the Holy Spirit, he's been put in chains by the Holy Spirit. I'm bound to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I don't ever want to leave Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I want to be what he wants me to be, and I want to do what he wants me to do. That is what Christianity is about. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. 
Our mission here is to help you grow and mature in your relationship with the Lord. Connect with us anytime at somebodylovesyou.com or call us at 800-634-9165. Here's Raul Reese now with the conclusion of today's lesson, Paul's love for the church. And then he says this beautiful thing, verse 23, except that the Holy Spirit is testifying to me in every city, wherever I go, saying, the chains and tribulations await me. How would you like the Holy Spirit to say to that to you? Paul, wherever you go, it's not going to be good. But Paul, I am with you. I'm going to be with you to your last breath. He says in verse 24, But none of these things move me. Underline that. None of these things move Do those things bother you? If you're a real Christian and the Lord has called you, and you're going to be put down, you're going to suffer, whatever. Do those things bother you? Or like Paul, but none of these move me, nor I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish, finish what? My race with joy and the ministry which I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of our God. Notice what he says there. Paul turns to the future and tells his audience he was on his way to Jerusalem, bound by the Holy Spirit. He desired to finish or fulfill his ministry. And he did not know the things that should befall him, but none of those things moved him. None of those things I want me not to move me. Whatever God has for my life, none of those things move me. Paul said, but none of those things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself. How do you count your life? So that I may finish my race. We're on the race. You guys, we're on the race. That I may finish my race with joy. Not happiness, joy. But how many people will finish their race miserable? In condemnation. Because they never really lived up to what Christ had called us to live by. By faith and being honest and being faithful to the things that God has given to each one of us individually. When I look at my life, my life means nothing to me. But his life means everything to me. Knowing and recognizing soon that it will be with him. And then he says in verse 25, he looks to his heart. You see, then came the necessity here for some pastoral counsel and warnings based on what Paul knew. He says in verse 25, And indeed now I know, I know for sure, that you all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God will see my face no more. You guys, this is the last time. He gives us farewell, everyone. Every one of us has a farewell. Paul the Apostle has his farewell. You guys, you won't see me again. This is the last time you're seeing me, and you'll never see me again. The next time you'll see me will be in heaven. Verse 26. And therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. Can you say that? Can I say that? When you talk to people, have you given them the full counsel of God? When he talks about the full counsel of God, it means the whole Bible. Genesis to Revelation. You can't just say the New Testament. 
In verse 26 again, therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of every man's blood, that I have not failed to declare to you the full counsel of God. The full counsel of God, I've given it to you. I pray this evening then, then that we would have that boldness to say, I have not failed to declare to you the whole counsel that has been given to me, I have given it to you. And then he says, verse 28, Therefore, because of this, take heed to yourself and to all the flock that is among you. He's speaking to pastors. He's speaking to elders and leaders. Therefore, take heed to yourself to all the flock among who the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. He said, what a great responsibility I have. Pastor Dale, all these guys on staff, the ushers, those that are deacons, elders, every one of us here, that the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd or to feed the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. The responsibility of caring and loving the flock of God, the church. That's why we love you guys. We pray for you. Pray for us. The flock of God is so big, it's not just here at Diamond Bar, it's all over the world. Verse 29 to 31, he warns the dangers of the future of the church. Verse 29, he says, For I know this, that after my departure, who's going to come? Savage wolves will come in among you in the church, not outside of the church, in the church, not sparing the flock of God. Man, there have been so many divisions in churches where people will come in, they'll sit, and they'll kind of watch the congregation, and they'll look for those that are weak, those that are new Christians, and maybe after service they see them, they walk up to them and say, hey, what's your name? My name is so-and-so. And they build this relationship, and then when they have the perfect timing, zoom, into their little fellowship. And they lead them astray. That's why we have to be careful. He says in verse 30, Also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after themselves. Notice that. Drawing disciples after themselves. Paul may be speaking here prophetically here. The Spirit has revealed to him what? That a struggle for the truth will ensue within the Ephesian church. It's talking to the Ephesians. This is going to happen. Therefore, because of this, watch and remember, be on the alert. And remember that for three years, I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. Here it is again, with tears. Paul says, I came here to Ephesus for three years. I've been here, and I've been warning you, I've been teaching you, and I want you to know that, listen, you guys, there are going to be coming. When I leave, it's going to happen. And when he left, it happened. They came in and tried to destroy the flock of God. He said, from outside, grievous wolves... From the inside the church of your own selves, notice, those that fellowship with you. And then the exhortation to our Lord is therefore watch. Keep your eye open. And if you see something weird, hey, go to the elders, tell the elders so they can approach that person or they can confront that person that is trying to deceive those that are in the church. And then in verse 32, Paul's commendation, he says, So now, brethren, I commend you to God, And to the word of his grace, 
which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Then as he left them, he commanded them unto God and to the word of his grace. I love that. All these things Paul the Apostle is giving to the people and to the elders. And then check this out. Verse 33, 35. Paul was blameless. Are you blameless? Am I blameless? He points out his own life. Verse 33. I, Paul, coveted no one's money, silver or gold or the way they dress. Paul says, I didn't have ever, ever, ever coveted anybody. I wanted to be what Christ called me to be. I didn't want to be with all the fashions of the world to keep up with the fashions. Paul says, I never did that. He only wanted to preach the gospel, teach the word of God, and he wanted to see people get saved, people get healed, and he was looking for the Lord Jesus Christ to come and to take him home, Paul the Apostle. 34, he says, yes. You yourselves know, you guys, that these hands are provided for my necessity. Hey, you guys, I was working at a job for those who are with me. He worked four hours in the morning, and the next four hours in the afternoon, he would go and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and teach people the word of God. That was Paul the apostle. These hands, he says, I have used to work to make my living. And then the next four hours, he would go out and teach the word of God. And then later on, he received offerings. And it's so cool that where the Lord needs you provides. And then there's so many people on TV, so many people in different churches are always, always begging for money. I thank God that in this church, we don't have millions of dollars. We don't have a lot of money, but it's so cool. We have a lot of faith. That where God leads, he provides. That's the way Paul believed. That where God will lead, he would provide. Look what he says. Again, in verse 34 And yes, you yourself know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those who were with me. Verse 35. And I have shown you that every way by laboring like this, that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus Christ when he said this. And get this. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Isn't that cool? Underline that. Memorize that. We don't take, we receive. Again, he says what? That it is more blessed to give than to receive. That's the way to give to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, by faith. Well, as you set fresh goals and establish your priorities for the coming year, we hope today's message has been an inspiration for you to follow the Apostle Paul in honoring the Lord with your whole heart. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you've joined us late or would like to hear part of today's lesson again, we can send you a complete copy for a gift of $5 or more. Just call us at 800-634-9165 and mention today's lesson, Paul's Love for the Church. Now, for more encouragement to glorify God in your daily decisions, we'd like to tell you about the entire Love series we're currently airing. It's a 25-message collection that's conveniently available on an MP3 thumb drive. Each lesson reinforces the greatness of God's love as it shows the lengths He went to to save you through Jesus Christ. Get in touch with us to order Rawls' 25-message love series on MP3. Just visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 and we'll send your USB drive for a gift of $25 or more. 
Once again, that's 800-634-9165. You can also order by writing us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. We also encourage you to take advantage of all of our free resources. If you've missed any of these programs, you can get the podcast using Spotify or iTunes. You'll also want to join Rawl on his YouTube channel for Straight Talk, a Q&A program examining a variety of life issues from a biblical point of view. You can connect with Rawl on YouTube every Tuesday at 10 a.m. West Coast time. We are blessed by your generous partnership and grateful for your tax-deductible gifts. We wouldn't be here without you. Join us next time as we continue this series with more assurances of God's mighty love. You'll be challenged to allow the Lord to fill you with His compassion, equipping you to pour His goodness into the hearts and lives of those around you. Here's Raul once again with a closing comment. And then he says his prayer. He says, and when he had said these things, he knelt down and he prayed with them all. Can you imagine? Here's the conclusion of Paul. You guys, they came to the shore by the ship and they get on their knees and they begin to pray. They recognize, you guys, this is it. He says, verse 37, I love that. And they all began to weep freely. It fell on Paul's neck and they kissed him. You think it didn't hurt them to know that he's leaving and they'll never see him again? And here's why, verse 38. Soaring most of all for the words which he spoke, that they would see his face no more, and they accompany him to the ship. One day, I'll get up here and I'll say, you guys, this is it. I want you guys to know that I love you, I pray for you, and here's your new pastor. And the Lord will do that one of these days. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.